What's up guys, my name is Felix, welcome back to Oeuvre Radio. I am here once more with Jeroen Kreimbrink, author of No More Bananas. This is episode four, step three, take responsibility. Now what does that mean exactly, Jeroen? It means, as it says, taking responsibility. I see, and taking very, responsibility very for <laughs> it's, a, it's Sometimes it's very simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, It means taking responsibility for your journey. Um, and it's imp- it, I think it's so important to mention that as a separate step. Um, so the first two steps were about sort of getting rid of, let's say, the the bananas that are getting most in the way. The kind of the anxieties that we face yeah, in, so the, in daily life. The stuff that is sort of hindering you to, to think sensibly enough. Mm. So calming down. The and, physical and side of things as well. The physical side, the mental side, to make sure that you at least free up a little bit of brain power mm. so that you can... Um, can work on the rest of the journey. So that was all about calming down and letting things go more. Exactly. Yeah. And now for the for the rest of the journey, especially steps um, four, five, you need a little bit, uh, but they're, they're the tougher parts of the journey. Mm-hmm. And the I think therefore it, it, you need to um, specifically, you pay attention to, to, to taking responsibility because at the end it's you who is responsible for this. And so the whole perspective of the book is... Uh, work on yourself. Uh, you can blame the rest of the world and they might have very big effects on you going bananas. But at the end, it's you who have take, to take responsibility for what you're doing mm. and how you respond to all those things. So that's what step three is about. Yeah, I think this is a very important step as well. I remember when I was, I think, 18, the first time I ever got drunk with my father, he, uh, we went to a 50th birthday party, and then on the train back, he was like, oh, do you want to go for a pint really quickly? And I was like, yeah, why not? And then we're in the pub, and I realized that my dad was actually far more drunk than I was. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there, and he starts going to me, like, you know, you've got a lot of great qualities, Felix, but something you don't have yet is the ability to take responsibility mm-hmm. for your actions. And you need to have that, because a lot of the time when you mess up at school, you do something bad, you blame other people. Mm-hmm. And like when I was listening to him, I didn't really understand what he, he meant. I was like, yeah, but I do take responsibility, but I do this. But it's often a lot of the time, you know, it's not my fault. But so often, and he was telling me like part of his role in uh, management is that you have even sometimes you have to take responsibility for things that aren't even your fault. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's part of, you know, being a mature person and realizing that you aren't defined by your actions or how your actions are judged. Mm-hmm. And that the only way you can really grow is by taking responsibility for these things. And I, I, I find it very difficult as well whenever I'm in a situation where I have to take responsibility for something because it, it really hurts your ego. And it can yeah. knock your confidence and you can feel like, oh, you don't know what you're doing or everything you're doing is wrong. But the alternative is just being dogmatic and thinking nothing is my fault. Everything yeah. I do is right And the definition. point is not looking so much at whose fault it is or what the cause is. So it's not taking responsibility so much for why things went wrong. Uh, or why you feel but it, feel the way uh, you do, but it's taking responsibility for moving on. Mm. So whatever happened, whoever is the cause, whatever is the cause, uh, you are responsibility responsible for how you respond and for going on and letting it, also for letting it go. So that's why we have a couple of remedies here that, that hopefully help with that. Mm-hmm. And the first remedy you have here is quit complaining. Yes. Which I think is quite relevant in the Dutch context and also the British context. Yeah, and maybe that's something that every country says about itself. But I know in in, in the Dutch, in the, in the Netherlands, we say we complain a lot. But I know it's the same in England. It's the same in England. But you had an interesting statistic here that uh, 
that on Mondays, the average time of complaining is 34 minutes, which is 12 minutes up from the weekly average, which is funny. People just hate Mondays. Um, and a lot of it's about the weather. But what, one thing I noticed in, uh, as a difference between the Dutch way of complaining and the English way is the Dutch way seems a bit more kind of frustrated mm-hmm. when, when they're complaining. Whereas the English, I think it's much more a part of our humor. When people complain about things, we use that to lead into a joke mm-hmm. or like, oh, this is so shit, man. And then everyone kind of smiles and laughs. When I hear Dutch people complaining, it's it's from a place of larger cynicism, I feel. Could be. So I, I, I'm, I don't know the, the comparison so, so well, but uh, it's it's definitely the, the second version of complaining that this step is about. Mm. Because the first kind of complaining, so if this is an intro into a joke, that's perfect. Uh, because then you that. don't take yourself and then too seriously, and that's a great remedy too. But this is about sort of actual complaining and getting frustrated, cynical about stuff that's probably not worth complaining about and where complaining doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, of course, complaining helps. If you have a faulty product, if your car is broken, you complain to the dealer, that's probably going to help you. It's going to bring you a re- repair or you get your money back. Um, but oftentimes... Complaining just doesn't work because it's it's a feeling um, it, it's sharing your feelings that you're frustrated about something, which usually just gets you more frustrated. Mm. Because if you are very or if you're very angry uh, and let that go, and if you complain about other people um, about the weather, uh, how does that help? It yeah. doesn't change the weather. It doesn't make you feel better. Um, so that's the quit complaining where I uh, refer to here. I think a lot of people as well have a. They feel the need to complain because everyone else does it. Mm-hmm. When you're in situations, people ask you, how, you, how are you doing? And then you just kind of complain as the default setting a lot of the time. You won't want to talk about what's going on well in your life or what you're happy about because then it might seem like you're boasting or, you know, but you can always, I think everybody thinks that they're able to voice their grievances no matter how small. And a lot of the time when you do that, it just makes them a bigger thing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they just become larger rather than that it helps. Yeah. Um, so I think that comes back to the distinction as well, which we'll get into in uh, step four, between controlling your emotions and controlling what you say and speaking out when you mm-hmm. need to speak out. Because yep. a lot of the time when we say things, it doesn't actually help us and you shouldn't give more weight to it by verbalizing it. Yes, and this is about the things that, that don't help you. So don't complain about the things that don't help you. And there are different ways of doing that. Um, different ways to help not complain. Of course, the, f- the first simple thing is don't. So mm. whenever you feel the urge to complain, uh, just stop. Uh, don't don't complain. Don't get into the the habit of complaining. But there's all there's other uh, other ways as well. You can do this. Uh, so- one one good way that I always find is that if I want to complain about something, I try and do a funny accent while I complain. So right. like, oh, the weather's proper shit today, man. Or like, oh, fucking, you know, I didn't get paid or whatever. And that just like, you say it and it doesn't really feel like you're saying it. It's like some accented character of yourself is saying it and it makes it funny and it makes it funny to other people around you as well. Yeah, so, you're, then, so, you're, so you're still kind of getting it out, but the way that you do it is a lot more healthy and you're not saying it seriously. You're yeah. saying it as like, oh, who cares, you know? Yeah. Very good. Um, and and the other ways to do that is, is also to look, um, look at what you are actually frustrated about. Because I think quite often what we complain about is not the real thing. Uh, so if we complain about the weather, about government, uh, about, I don't know, a school, 
it's probably not the real thing. We might be frustrated about something completely different, that we went to bed too late last night and are tired, maybe. So one thing, one way of doing this is whenever you find yourself complaining about something, ask yourself, what else, what other thing am I actually frustrated about? To, so it's not trying to find out uh, why you are complaining about the weather, but what else you are uh, frustrated about. So that is Banana Remedy 3.1, quit complaining. Stop complaining about trivial things, especially if it serves no purpose other than venting or bonding. Find yourself, focus on the bright side, relativize your complaints, or find out what you are frustrated about really. So yeah, on to the next one, our next remedy for today, which is stop blaming. And this one I think is quite relevant as well in that people always tend to look for a why of, you know, why did this happen? Who did this? Mm -hmm. What's really going on here? What's the source of this problem? When a lot of the time it doesn't exist, you know, the consequences of the actions that we see in our life are a culmination of a never-ending cycle of time. So actually saying, oh, what is the original blame of this thing? It doesn't actually exist. No, and even if it exists, it oftentimes doesn't help. No. So rather than looking for someone to blame, uh, someone to, uh, to, to find who's, who's the fault or the cause of your trouble, focus on, uh, on, on, on solving it, on, on something else. Uh, because that's what, what blaming quite often is, is just also not, not very useful. Mm. Because you feel worse because what you're doing is to put the cause of the event outside yourself so that you're external locus of control. Yeah. That's what, what, what scientists call it. Uh, I think when you want to effectively uh, get rid of your bananas, it's look, it's look at your internal locus of control. So what can I change? What do I need to change? What was my part in the problem? Or even if the cause was completely external, how do I uh, go on uh, and move on with my life uh, by, uh, yeah, by, by, by stop blaming them? Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of this uh, this step is focused on controlling our ego mm -hmm. and confronting it in a way. Because a lot of the time people don't think about their ego as a thing that really exists. It's so in intertwined with ourself and our picture of ourself that we don't think there's a way of controlling it or influencing it or changing it. It's just who we are. And, you know, we can't change that. But... And this ego is, is one of the big causes of us going bananas. Mm. And, and I think many of the steps, in a sense, are about getting rid of that ego, uh, and especially the, the next step, so dethroning yourself. Mm. That's, that's one which is very explicitly focused on that. But also these, these, these other steps. Um, and you drew, uh, you drew on Fred Luskin's book, Forgive for Good. Yes. How did that inspire you? Uh, I think so. We have we've talked about that a little bit in the previous step. So mm -hmm. letting go is also about forgiving. But there's interesting an interesting metaphor uh, um, that Fred Luskins uses in the book that I borrow here. Uh, that's the sort of metaphor of let's say two policemen in a car in a broken car, and imagine there's all kind of cars passing by speeding. So they drive way too fast. Uh, so what what these policemen can do? They can write a ticket, wave a ticket, but they can't do anything else because their car is broken. Mm. Uh, and I think that's a good metaphor to keep, for you, keep, to keep in mind whenever you find yourself blaming someone. See yourself, uh, see a picture of yourself where you wave with a ticket like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm mad at you, but they're, they're already miles ahead, <laughs> miles away, and you are waving your ticket. 
And that shows that that image that helps me also to to show the the uselessness of uh, of blaming, because yeah, you, it makes you this policeman. It makes them frustrated to wave with yeah. the ticket. So in that sense, blaming is very often is waving tickets. So yeah. keep that image in your mind whenever you do that. It's tough because there's such an internal thing that every human has for the need for personal justice and vindication. So for example, yesterday when I was at work, I was telling you earlier, my boss is a real piece of work. And uh, yeah, he was just giving out to me about nothing and really just going on about these tiny little things mm -hmm. and shouting at me in front of customers and just being very rude and disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of just standing there and I said after, I was like, man, you're getting very, very angry. You're being quite rude. And he was like, don't you talk to me like that. Don't you, don't you do it. Do it. And he got like more like that. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to leave it. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards in this morning, I was like, oh, you know, I should have said this, should have said that, or I've done this or stood up for myself more. And it really wouldn't have helped the situation at all. Cause I knew hundred percent that I need to just stand here and take his shit. Cause right now for the next, you know, three weeks, at least I need this job mm -hmm. and I don't want to make it any tougher for myself in this situation than it already is. So I know the best thing to do is just stand there, smile, and listen to this guy go on. Yeah, but so it's it's so hard, and you kind of have to sacrifice a part of your ego and just accept the fact that right now you're not being exactly who you want to be. You know, and this actually connects very much to to the fifth remedy here: is accept the consequences. Mm. Is um, because that's so. Let's jump into that. Sure. Before we go back, because it's about looking at life as as sort of options you have uh, and in your case it's either have the job and accept the behavior of your boss or don't accept it and quit your job yeah and maybe there's, him, there's a couple of tell other... him to fuck off to his face and that's not going to help anything that's probably really. not going to be very useful no. <laughs> uh, but that, that's uh, so if you look at it as a package uh so if you do one thing then the other thing will 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 follow and usually we want to have all of it right? we mm. want in your case, so you want to have a very friendly and nice and understanding boss uh, and have that job there because that's what you currently have and you want you need that for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But that's not an option. So it's an unrealistic option. So accept the consequences is very much about, okay, draw realistic options where if you do A, B, and C will follow, you can't choose to have A but not B and C. Mm. Or if you want C, so if you want some, some consequence, if you want to earn some money this month, uh, you have to do A and B. So that's about accepting the consequences, which is also about taking responsibility because you know that if I do A, B will follow uh, and take responsibility for that. It's your choice. If you chose to have this job, if you chose to stay there, you chose to accept being bullied. Um, yeah, pretty much. So that's accepting, <laughs> accepting the, uh, the consequences. It also relates to um, the, the third remedy here, 3.3, uh, speaking out. Yeah. Um, so this is the flip side of that. Yeah, so, so and this is about speaking out. Um, speaking out when, when you can and when you really feel the need to. Yes. So, so my situation with this, I can't right now, but I know for sure once I leave this place, I'm going to tell him to his face, you're a terrible boss. I really haven't enjoyed working here. You need yeah, to change and, and your maybe style. you also needed to, needed to do that yesterday uh, because if, if you didn't do that, you might have feel, felt so frustrated that you couldn't do your work. Yeah. Uh, and maybe just having told that to your uh, to your boss might have uh, maybe yeah. How to, and before we get in too much individual really, counseling yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> so let, let me take it a little bit more 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 generally. Um, 
because there's sort of these 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 paradoxes. On the one hand, we should stop babbling. On the other hand, we should speak out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, but both actually are the same story. Stop babbling is about not talking about the things that are not worth talking about. Speaking out is about actually talking about the things that uh, that you are worried about or that are important. And I don't know about you, but I've I've seen sometimes you see those 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 people that very actively don't say something. So you see them not saying something very physically. Mm-hmm. They 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 move in a certain way. They their face looks in a certain way. And that's not very healthy. That creates bananas because if you don't speak out the stuff you're really worried about, uh, you're just internalizing them. That's yeah. not helping you. I think of course, it doesn't mean always speaking out. Mm-hmm. Like with many of the other steps, it's about balance. Um, so I've, I've said that more often, and I will probably say it more often too. Um, but try whenever you can find, okay, what am I concerned about? What am I worried about? What am I angry about? And talk to people. Mm. And then speaking out means not just throwing it over the fence, not just to your friend, uh, relation, partner, uh, just say, okay, I feel bad. Yeah. Stop, And then hopefully that the other will take it up. No, just genuinely talk about the stuff that, uh, that you're worried about. And I think nowadays people get a lot more anxious of conversations um, because that's often, you know, the greatest arena of battle that we have as human beings nowadays. We don't live in a violent world anymore. So most of the confrontation and the, the tough things that we endure happen in conversations mm-hmm. with other human beings who either have power over us, um, either in the workplace or in our relationships or, you know, are very important to us. So we tend to think that, you know, a conversation is going to be horrible mm-hmm. and that, you know, this is going to be a bad thing and I'm scared of this, but really how bad can a talk ever be? There's actually nothing that can come of a conversation. This is why I'm also such a massive advocate of freedom of speech mm-hmm. is that talking is, is nothing. It's just words coming out of your mouth and you're, you know, saying something to me and they're saying something to you and but that is it. And things can maybe come of that, but as long as you're really honest with yourself and you have some kind of base respect for the other person and they're not a total psycho, really you should be fine in yeah. every real sense. And as long as it is not this battle and it is not uh, aimed at blaming the other, yeah. uh, it's not aimed at fault-finding. Um, there's another uh, book I refer to in this chapter, which is um, the book Getting to Yes, Getting by, to yes. Um, by Roger Fisher and Willie Murray which is a book on negotiation. Mm-hmm. And of course, my book is not about negotiation, but it contains a lot of very, very valuable lessons. And about... you're a strategy professor as well, so you are... Yeah, but I, but I don't teach negotiation. Okay. But this is, I think it's a, it's a very useful book because it, it shows how you get from um, unproductive negotiation, which means I want this, you want that, and now we get to a compromise or we disagree and fight. Mm. To okay, we you want that, I want this. Let's see this as a collaborative problem, and like, let's solve the problem. And I think that's what good dialogue is about, and what speaking out is about too. Is you go and talk to other people; they have their views, their perspectives. You have your view, your perspective, and your interest. And your your goal is collaborative problem solving. You want to have an issue, an issue clarified, or want to find a solution. And that's think what what dialogue, uh, good dialogue is about. Mm. So that one's about speaking out, talk about the things you are concerned about, and ask for help when you need it. Take responsibility and engage in a dialogue with others so that they can help you discover and solve your issues. And the final banana remedy you have here is about allowing feeling bad. And this one 
if I understand it correctly, is all related to the world in which we live in and how it's determined by happiness. And obviously, you know, the most important thing in life is being happy. But that often demonizes the idea of being unhappy. And Yeah, which is just as much life too. Yeah. And, and maybe you that's you a beautiful, beautiful part of life too. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's it's a it's a risky zone to be in because if you start saying, Okay, you know, I'm gonna be sad now. I I don't think that people should ever kind of accept sadness. I think you should try and acknowledge it and be okay, right now I'm gonna have I feel a bit sad, but I'm gonna do things in like immediately that are gonna try and counteract the sadness. I think it's the difference between sort of giving into it and wallowing in it or saying, all right, I am sad for this reason, that reason, that reason. But right now, I'm going to actively, you know, go for a walk. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to eat some food. I'm going to read a book, write a journal, whatever, to immediately counteract that. Because I think as soon as you start allowing it to happen, then you really, that's how depression starts, I feel. I would mostly agree. Uh, yes, it's very much about acknowledging it. So that's the first part is to acknowledge, yes, okay, I feel sad, mm -hmm. I'm angry, I'm frustrated, whatever. Um, I also agree with the part where it's, so don't... Um, don't give into it. Don't don't give into it to in, in a sense that you sort of really give into it. So mm. don't indulge yourself in, in, the, uh, in, in the sadness. In depressive thoughts but and everything. But I think it, there's also in between, it's also accept... That for a while you might be you might feel terrible, so don't try to fix it immediately. Mm. So I think that's, that's where uh, so that's a nuance where I think I would maybe disagree with what you were saying. Maybe I'm I'm I meant more in the sense of um, keep on living your life as you would be. You know, accept that your feelings internally might be a bit sad, but it shouldn't. I don't think it should affect your day to day life in a in a drastic sense. Yeah, but so, so I think that's where that's what this is allow feeling bad is about. So it's about if you feel bad for for uh, for a day, maybe you're 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 tired or you're 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 sick, or you're nervous about something, just let it be. Mm. It's part of life. And I think our 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 focus today is very much on 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 trying to fix it, and there is nothing to fix. This is just part of part of life. So. Yeah, don't really get into it, but also don't just ignore it and try to move on too yeah. soon. Uh, because it's also, also just just not not interesting if there's no sad part. If there's if there's yeah, no definitely. no negatives in uh, in our lives. Yeah. So that is banana remedy three point four, the final one of step three: taking responsibility. Stop your quest for eternal happiness and face it: that life sometimes sucks. Say it aloud when you feel bad. Find it okay and even see the beauty of it. This will make your life easier, richer, and more fun. So that has been step three, take responsibility. It's been a pleasure talking to you again, Yaron. It's been a pleasure too. And I will be back with you for step four, which is all about dethroning yourself. Yes, that's going to be a little bit of a nasty one, I'm afraid. Oh, it's a tough <laughs> one. Business end of the book. See you guys later. Okay, bye-bye.